With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For one more beer for me, exile means quality, so savagely. HN Podcast, instant, instant reaction style following Iowa's 55-24 to 24 win against six-ranked Ohio State. They came in ranked sixth in this week's college football playoff poll, the first of the year. They will be sixth no more after Iowa records what I think is one of the most shocking wins in school history. It was win number 400 for Iowa in their history, and you'll not find many, if any, more surprising or shocking than this one. Now, to those of you who are older than me, and I'm 46, you might say, well, John, back in 1981, it was really shocking when Iowa beat Nebraska and Michigan, etc. And I get that. I, I get that, totally. I think that those are certainly in the conversation. Iowa's program had 19 consecutive seasons where they did not have a winning record. So, yes, that was... Maybe shocking is not the right word, but I think today's win against Ohio State is the most blank in Iowa history of something, some adjective. And I, I, I immediately after this game, I'm not exactly sure what that adjective is, but this was the most something in Iowa history. We'll figure out maybe later. Maybe you can uh, tweet me your your suggestions I'm going to do that right now here at the early part of this podcast to get your reactions, and I'll read them here later on in the podcast. This was the most win in Iowa history. Help me here. Okay, so we'll come back to that here uh, during the course later on in this podcast when we wrap it up. I'll read you some suggestions that people sent to me. That ought to be fun. 55-24. Uh, 55 points is the most points ever scored against an Urban Meyer coach football team. Ever. Pretty incredible right then and there. Pretty incredible right then and there when you consider how much Iowa's offense has struggled this year. Iowa started today, again, two freshmen at tackle. That has been something that I think has been a big concern for them. Uh, and a big reason for some of their poor play, their their inability to really assert their will or establish the run. And then in this game against Ohio State, yes, they were down Joey Bosa, who was ejected in the second quarter for targeting when he hit his head into Nate Stanley's head, which was a really dumb play, and Bosa's one of the best defensive ends in the nation. But Ohio State has five-star players to put in for him. Ohio State's most yards allowed on the ground coming into this game was 104 at home against Oklahoma, a game they lost. Iowa gained 243 yards rushing today 
against Ohio State. I don't know if that's a season high for Iowa, but I'm guessing it is. And it came against Ohio freaking State. Just incredible. Just absolutely incredible. 487 yards of offense for Iowa today to just 371 for Ohio State. Akram Wadley, 20 carries for 118. James Butler, 10 carries for 74. Torn Young, 5 carries for 47. But to me, there, there are some themes here in this game, and I had some written down, and a friend of mine was, was helping me with some of these earlier in the game. And, and we agreed on many of these. I think a lot of people are going to be asking, well, where was this earlier in the year? Where was this type of production against Northwestern? I, I've got some thoughts on that. And I tweeted this several times. Certainly at halftime, I tweeted it out. Ohio State's the first team really to play Iowa honestly or straight up on defense all year, meaning Ohio State's defense. Nearly every other Iowa opponent has blitzed at least 40% of the snaps, has committed oftentimes, more often than not, eight or more bodies to stop Iowa's run and just pressure, 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 and Iowa's passing game hasn't been up to snuff to beat it. And Ohio State certainly has the athletes to do that, but they didn't. I don't know if it was arrogance. And, and, and they certainly have reason to be arrogant. They're, they're an incredibly talented team. They're the most talented team Iowa has played this year and probably the most talented team Iowa has played since the last time they played against Ohio State. I don't know why Ohio State didn't dial up a similar game plan to what's worked against Iowa this season. But even in the third quarter, Ohio State didn't do that very much. They played Iowa even. And Iowa's game plan, it was clearly an Iowa's game plan coming into this game to get the tight ends involved. Because Ohio State usually has all-world play at cornerback. So Iowa's wide receivers we're likely going to struggle in this game. But Iowa must have liked some matchups they saw on tape with their tight ends against Ohio State safeties and or linebackers. And boy, did Iowa make them pay. TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant combined for nine catches on 12 targets, four touchdowns. Nine catches, four touchdowns. Akram Wadley had three catches himself. Wide receivers caught a combined... Seven passes on the day. Iowa executed the game plan perfectly. 2013, when Iowa went to Ohio State and used three tight ends and was up 10 nothing and played a power game, tight ends were the story that day. Tight ends are the story this day, or one of them. Except this time it was through the air. Very few drop passes in this game. Brandon Smith, the freshman, is the only one I can remember that dropped one and was on third down. It was incredible. And I think Iowa went for... no. Iowa went for a quick kick after that. There's just so many things to remember from this, and I won't, and it's going to irritate me when it's all said and done. So so that's not the angle with regards to, well, where was this for Iowa all season long? I, I just think that Ohio State didn't play Iowa the way everyone else has. So Iowa was able to have a little breathing room. And Iowa's tight ends were better than the people covering them. And it didn't matter if it was Ohio State or whomever. Iowa's going to win those matches week to week. And let's hope that this is a step forward. As my friend suggested to me, 
and I tweeted this when it, right when it happened, I tweeted it. The important question is, is this Nathan Stanley's game? Nate Stanley's game. Whenever he made that touchdown pass, I think it was in the fourth quarter, uh, when he threw it while an Ohio State defender was draped around his feet for a second and a half. To me, that I, I likened that moment to Drew Tate's helmet getting ripped off in the 2004 season against Michigan. Now, that was game four, and I was not going to go on to a 7-1 and one Big Ten record and make it to the Capital One Bowl. But I think that that was Nate Stanley's moment. I think this game, and I, and I tweeted this out as well, there's Nate Stanley's career before this game, and there's Nate Stanley's career from this game forward. This was a game of demarcation for him. This was a, I mean, coming out party is just such an overused statement, but it's kind of true. That's what it was for him. He was 20 of 31 this game for 226 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Coming into this game, if you thought one quarterback was going to throw for three touchdowns and have four interceptions, and one was going to have five interceptions, five touchdowns to zero interceptions, of course the world would have taken JT Barrett because I think Barrett came into this game averaging or, or, or like 25 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. Just incredible. And again, I, I want to finish a thought. I'm sorry that I'm rambling. I want to finish the thought I was making earlier on Iowa's rushing offense with Iowa getting nearly 250 yards rushing in this game. Coming into this game, they were 99th in the nation, averaging 130.8 per game. Coming into this game, Iowa's offense was 103rd in the nation, averaging 345.9 a game. Coming into this game, Iowa averaged 25 points per game, which was 88th in the country. They scored 45 points against, 55 points against Ohio State. They had 487 yards against Ohio State, and they had 243 yards rushing. Just incredible. I, 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 I still really can't believe it. I'm going to try and go look up some Ohio State defensive statistics coming into this game. Ohio State was number two in the nation in total offense, averaging 571 yards per game. Iowa held them to 371. Two in the nation. They were 18th in rushing in the nation. They were 11th in passing offense in the nation. They were second in scoring offense at 46.3, but they were number one amongst all FBS teams in scoring offense. Total defense ranked 12th. Scoring defense ranked 16th, allowing just 18.3 points per game. What in the world did we just witness? Iowa, Iowa had no turnovers in this game. None. No turnovers. And they gained four. Four interceptions by JT Barrett. Just unflipping believable. I'm going to look up some passing statistics here while I've got this open. Um, individual... Passing efficiency. JT Barrett, number three in the nation in passer efficiency. Just, And he had a horrible game. Josh Jackson, folks, enjoy the next four games since Iowa gets bowl eligible this game. Enjoy the next four games with Josh Jackson because those will likely be the last four you see him in an Iowa uniform. The three interception day that he had today was incredible. Just incredible. He made himself so much money. There were some draft sites pegging him as a late first-round draft pick before this game. 
just an incredible game for him. His reads that he made on those JT Barrett throws, just a phenomenal, phenomenal game for him. And he he should go pro. He should go pro. I think that he will. And I don't think anybody can um, can hold that against him. How about the Iowa fake field goal? When they were, you know, they were up by a couple of scores. But they decided they weren't just going to go gently into that good night. They run a fake field goal where, just unbelievable, where Rastetter throws it to the guy, Corey Kluver, who snapped it, and it nearly was a touchdown. Just fantastic. That's the type of go for the throat, you know, go for the jugular type game that Iowa fans have been wanting to see for a long time, and it came against Ohio State. And it had to because you almost were worried that 45 points wasn't going to be enough. At halftime, when Iowa was up 31 17, I said it's probably going to take 45 to win. Ohio State would score one touchdown in the second half. And that one touchdown was set up on a short field because Colton Rastetter went out to do a rugby punt and he made the choice to run it. Now, I'm guessing on those rugby punts, the punter always has the green light to run it if he sees certain things. And he thought he saw something there, and he went. That's not the time to do it. Kirk Ferentz was not happy about it on the sideline. They can all laugh about it now, and it's a good teaching moment and a good learning moment. But that's the only reason Ohio State scored a touchdown in the second half. Now, they, 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 got, they moved it down close one time before Josh Jackson intercepted a ball at the one-yard line. But that's their only score that came off of a short field that was given up by the, the fake punt. Just what a day. What a day for this young team. I mean, again, I, I know that many of you are going to want to push this narrative that, well, where was this all year? How come, how come they just got to this point in time? We should have beaten Northwestern, or we should have beaten this team. We should have beaten that team. What a waste. Some people will say that. Not all. Many, most of you are going to sit back and enjoy this and just relish in one of the greatest Iowa victories of all time because of its stuff. It's not great because Iowa beat a ranked team a highly ranked team. They do that with enough regularity that that's not really the story. The story is Iowa dominated Ohio State. And it wasn't like the 2004 game where Ohio State, that was early in the Jim Trestle or early in the changeover era, you know, not early in the Trestle era, rather. It just it wasn't a very good Ohio State team. Troy Smith was really young. Justin Zwick, I think, was the quarterback. And after that game, it was, it was Troy Smith all the way. That was a rebuilding year for them. That was a fluky win in, in through the you know corridor of history when you look back on it. This one, nope. This was a game in November against an Ohio State team that I think might have been ranked number three in the AP, but was ranked six in the coaches' poll. And Iowa beat the doors off of them. Just hammer them. There's no fluke about this. I can't wait to read Urban Meyer's quotes after this game. Nothing fluky about this whatsoever at all. Yeah, Ohio State had turnovers. Josh Jackson went out and got those. Iowa's defense. I mean, we, we can, we've talked a lot about the offense, but the defense played incredibly well. You might remember this. When Ohio State went over to Lincoln, their first eight possessions, they scored touchdowns. Their first eight possessions of that game, they scored touchdowns in all of them. In this game, Iowa forced one, two, three, four punts and had four interceptions. That's really, really good. That's really good. 
The black and gold unites us all, but then what? Kevin the Flag Guy from Heartland Flags here. If you're listening to this podcast, you bleed black and gold. But what comes after the Hawks? For me, it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals. Nope, can't explain it. What about you? Packers and Wizards? Pelicans and Sharks? NASCAR and the Jags? Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers? Whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere. Guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping. Iowa is a team still felt that when I picked them 6-6, six and six, they could probably win a game we didn't expect and lose games that we didn't expect because that's what 6-6 six and six teams do. This is a young team. I've been telling you that for weeks. Some of you didn't want to hear it, stopped listening to it, and that's fine. But I think some of you are probably listening again right now. You probably tune back into this because you want to take in as much of it as you can from as many places as you can. I'm the same way. I'll read and I'll read every article written on this game from everybody I can find, and I'll listen to every podcast because you want to enjoy moments like this in life because they're so much fun and they're just not they're not a given. Even though Iowa fans, we we certainly have it well. These kind of have these once every you know two or three two out of every three years. It almost seems like Kinnick Stadium has gotten the reputation for just being a place where ranked teams go to die. And yes, if Amani Hooker had jumped two more inches taller and deflected that pass against Penn State, who knows what could have been. But it didn't happen because this is a young team on offense. It's it's a team that's going to return probably 15 starters next year overall. The tight ends, I don't know that there's another team in the country that has two more dangerous tight ends offensively as what Iowa has. This should be the game that makes you incredibly excited for next year. This should be the game that helps you get through those cold winter nights and the long spring when you're thinking about next year. Without a win like this, it, it might have been a chippy offseason. And hey, listen, is Iowa capable of losing their next three games? Absolutely they are. At Wisconsin next week, home against Purdue, and then at Nebraska. If they went 0-3, I wouldn't be shocked. If they went 3-0, and I wouldn't be shocked. And if they went any record in between, it'll be what it'll be. But this is the kind of win for the program. I mean, Colin Coward, the guy who's been dogging Iowa since 2015, saying that Iowa is the fake ID of college football, he tweeted out today that Iowa just turned 21. Now, should we care about what guys like Colin Coward say? Not really. But do we? Some part of us does. Because if you get irritated by what he says, it means that you care. So, you know, maybe he'll stop. Maybe this gives him the cover to give up on that bit that he's been using for so long. Uh, Today was also a very bad day for the Big Ten Conference, which I don't care about it being a bad day for the Big Ten. Michigan State beat Penn State. Iowa beat Ohio State. The Big Ten's lone chance now of going to the college football playoff is Wisconsin. So Iowa can go up there next week and just wreck it all, and I hope they do. I don't think it's a good Wisconsin football team. Iowa goes up there next week now with a lot more confidence than I could have possibly thought they would have had. 
and I feel better about their chances because there's no chance for a letdown spot. If anything, it, it's, it, it will raise them up. It will give them confidence they wouldn't have had otherwise going up there. Had Iowa lost to Ohio State today the way that I thought they were going to lose to Ohio State, I wouldn't have felt good about that, even though I don't feel that Wisconsin's much of a, a 9-0 and team. They they don't they haven't played anything near the schedule that Iowa played in 2015. So I'm not so don't tweet me those things like well you can't say that about them. What about Iowa in 2015? So I I could keep going, but I'm sure that I'll ramble. There's Dace and I will talk much more about it on Sunday night. Rob Howe and I'll talk about it on Wednesday. So we will get our reps in this week. I'll write about it. Rob's going to write about it. Um. I'm retweeting right now what Rob uh, Rob had Urban Meyer's video, so I'm doing that. So you can go check out my Twitter handle at Hawkeye Nation or Rob Howe's Rob Howe at Rob Howe HN. So earlier in this podcast, I tweeted out, "This was the most blank win in Iowa history." Here are some responses: unbelievable, unexpected, encouraging, enjoyable, cathartic, fun, invigorating, erotic. <laughs> Uh, that was from six seconds of hell on Twitter. Erotic. I like that. I like that one. Unexpected blowout. Enjoyable. Stunning. NSFW. Not safe for work. Insane. Stunning. Dominating. Best ever? Question mark. I don't think the best ever, but it's it's up there in something. Ridiculous. Unforeseen. Delicious. Dominant. Memorable. Impressive. Shocking. Someone put yearly win. <laughs> Shockingly impressive, mind-boggling, drunge. So you 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 get the uh, you get the idea. But I, again, I, I think the big big takeaways is is remember this team's offensive expectations coming into the season, the inexperience they had at some key positions there, the tough sledding the offensive line has had. Remember again that they did play those two freshman tackles today again against Ohio State. Still can't believe Urban Meyer didn't dial up more pressure and things, but that's okay. You saw Nate Stanley, I think, have a career-defining game, a moment of growth to where I think it's up and to the right. And I think he's had an amazing season to this point to begin with. This thing today took it, as the kids like to say, to a whole other, whole another level. He's got 22 touchdown passes on the season. He's five. He, the Iowa record's 26 by Chuck Long. 22 touchdown passes on the season, and he's four away from the Iowa record with four games to play. How about breaking that? Let's see, 32-year-old record in your first year as a starter. At Iowa, 22 touchdowns to four interceptions. That's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Um, First down in this game. Brian Ferentz, by the way, phenomenal game. Now, wait a second, John. Is it a phenomenal game because Iowa won and scored points? You know, that's kind of the whole thing with offensive coordinators. A lot of people get irritated with play calls when they don't work. I think Brian's had a very good year. Has he had some halves that he wanted back? Sure, we talked about him on the spot. But I think the the aggressiveness of the play calling, the breaking of tendencies was really good. 
The execution today was as good as it's been all season. Iowa executed at its highest level of the season, probably ahead of the Iowa State game. They had to. That's the only shot they had. I mean, Dace and I on Thursday night said Iowa's only chance in this game was JT Barrett getting knocked out. Joey Boza, not Joey Boza, but the Boza getting knocked out. I can't, it's not Joey. Joey's old. Mark Morehouse did something this week on a podcast, said that Ohio State leads the nation in Bosa. Bosa, their other, you know, the next Bosa All-American at defensive end, he was ejected. We talked about that. First down was huge for Iowa. Iowa ran 34 first down plays in this game. They gained 221 of their 487 yards on first down. They averaged 6.5 yards per first down. Ohio State averaged eight. How in the world did they only have as many yards as they had? I don't know. Iowa averaged 6.5. 4.7 yards per run on first for Iowa, which is a great number. And Iowa was 10 of 15 passing on first down for 136 yards and three touchdowns. Iowa's third down and average distance to go in this game was 4.3. That is workable. Ohio State's was 5.5. How do you average eight yards of gain on first down and your third down to go distance is 5.5? Iowa's defense stepped up and caused some losses, and then there were some penalties as well. Ohio State really penalized a lot in this game. Red zone attempts, Ohio State got there one time. One trip to the red zone for Ohio State, and they got three points. Remarkable. Iowa was 5 of 12 on third downs. Ohio State, 4 of 10. Nine penalties for Ohio State for 95 yards. Iowa had the time of possession advantage, 34-51 to 25-09. Again, these are all things I'm saying that I can't, you know, if, if we were talking about this against Purdue, yeah, sure, I believe it. Ohio State, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe that this, is, this happened in this game. This is like, I mean, in my lifetime, I remember 1, 2, 3, 4 Iowa wins against Ohio State. This is, one of, this is one of the most shocking outcomes due to margin, due to domination, that I can recall any Iowa game of my lifetime. It just, it just is. It just really is. Total plays, 70 for Iowa, 64 for Ohio State that likes to get up and go, oh, uh, just, I, I think I'm done. I'm just going to repeat myself here. J.K. Dobbins, their amazing freshman running back, six just six carries for 51 yards. That's something I would be irritated about if I was an Ohio State fan. A lot of zone reads where JT Barrett kept them. This like they, you can probably hear my daughter singing in the bathroom in the background. That's fine. Head scratcher. I'm looking forward to hearing about what Ohio State had to say about this. Thanks for listening. Had a great time hanging out with you today. Let's do this again soon.